ora and welcome. You're listening to the New Zealand Wine Podcast and I'm Boris Lamont. Thanks for joining us for this episode where we're having a look at the Rhone Valley area in France. This is part two of two episodes on this region. So if you haven't already listened to part one, you might like to go and have a listen to that first and joining us to discuss this region we have Mark today, who you will hear has a remarkable knowledge of French wine and the French regions, and also Jean-Christophe Poisard, whose family have been in the wine industry for a number of generations, and Jean-Christophe now lives in Auckland, New Zealand, and imports and retails French wine, and travels back to France at least once a year. And the reason why we're having a um, conversation about French wine regions on the New Zealand Wine Podcast is because obviously a lot of conversation about wine refers back to French regions and French blends, and we wanted just to have a really 101 session on the French regions to demystify and help explain what some of the terms are and the context around that. So right now, let's go have a chat with Jean-Christophe and Marc. Uh, Jean-Christophe, so we're back in the Rhone, but yes. heading south. Yes, bonsoir Boris, um, bonsoir. bonsoir. Uh, yes, we, uh, we're jumping uh, from the northern part of the, of the Rhone to the, um, to the southern part of the Rhone, which we call the Côte uh, Meridionale. The northern part is called septentrional. The, no- the, southern, the southern part is called meridional. And it's about um, 150k south uh, of Valence. So if you remember uh, what we were talking about, the northern road, you know, the northern road finishes in, uh, or starts just south of the uh, of, uh, third largest city of Lyon, then, uh, uh, then it stops. <coughs> it stops uh, in the town of Valence. And then in Valence, there's about 150k with virtually no vines. Okay, there's a little bit of vine just halfway down, um, which um, slightly more uh, maybe um, east of the valley, and is Claret de Dieu, which is a famous sparkling wine from uh, from that part of uh, of France. But really, the southern part starts uh, 150k south of Valence and, and in the town of Montélimar. Okay, so there's a break. There's a break. There's what? no. There's no vineyard. It, it, a reason for that, like it's, geographical. It's a. It's a valley. Um, it's a valley um, who tend to be quite uh, white, and uh, and when you say valley, means uh, deeper, rich soils, which are not the best um, for viticulture, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Um, and it's really uh, south of Montélimar. Montélimar very famous for uh, the nougat. It's the capital of um, of a sweet nougat in uh, in France. Mm. And um, and this is where the southern part um, stop uh, starts. And then and the, it finishes in, in Avignon. And the sparklings worth the mention or not? Oh, Claret de Dieu, it's a it's a very uh, it's a it's an anecdotic kind of a thing. It's it's some there are some very good producers of uh, of. Um, of Claire Dodi, Monsieur Poulet uh, being uh, one of them, um, and um, yeah, I mean it's it's a, it's a great little sparkling, um, a little bit forward, a little touch of uh, sweetness, even if it's not really sweetness, it's more kind of a little silkiness. It's very light, very bright. And what varietal is it? Oh, varietal. That's a very good question, actually, Boris. Um, Claire Dodi. Mm, I'll have to check that. Okay. 
Yeah, we'll have to check that. It's a very good point. Or Google. I know, I know, I know, but uh, I, I just completely forgot. But uh, yeah, okay. we'll, we we'll can check continue that out. south and come back. And then we can, yeah, we can come back north. So, uh, so south of Montélimar, this is where it started. And there, the valley here just really um, narrowed down, okay? And you got pretty much um, hills on either side, okay? So you've got the... the the terroir, the, the soil is, uh, is, um, is very different, uh, than to the north where it's a vast valley where it's very deep soil. Because, uh, because the, um, because the, uh, the, 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 the mountain on, on the other side there of, of this, uh, of this Rhone River, then, uh, you get all the, um, limestone that would have fall over the, uh, the, the, the valley and, and then you get a more, uh, clay and limestone soil so a far better a far more noble type of uh, of um, of terroir and then here this is where you find in this little part this is not that little it's about 55,000 hectares of vine so you know it's uh, it's uh, if you look at New Zealand if you want to put but into perspective, in New Zealand we got about thirty six thousand hectares of vine, so it's much bigger than uh, than uh, than New Zealand. And uh, but in there um, we've got um, big names, you know. Uh, we've got eight cru, so eight uh, special um, uh, villages who's got the status of cru, and of course the grand cru, uh, even if they are not classified, the grand cru, the best, the most, the I don't, I shouldn't say the best, but the most famous one, because it's probably one of the largest one as well, is of course Chateauneuf du Pape. Okay. Mm -hmm. Chateauneuf du Pape is a little bit of a patriarch. It's, uh, is the, uh, is the, uh, the pair de famille, you know, it's, it looks after the other seven and, uh, and the other seven, then of course we've got big names like Gigondes, uh, Vaqueras, uh, Lirac, Boom de Venise, um, uh, just to mention two is eight of them. Um, sorry, I'll have to remember all of them. Um, but, um, but, and they're all, they're all different, uh, position within that valley. And, and of course, the style is very different. But, um, have you got good news for us? Um, yes. The two wines, the two grapes that are used mm. in, uh, Claret de D is, uh, are, uh, the Claret and the Muscat Blanc. Claret, that's the one mm. I was looking for, Claret which is really, Blanc. which is really the white grape. Uh, from uh, from the south, it's it, claret. Uh, so we were just talking about uh, grape variety in the southern Rhone. Uh, if it's uh, if it's red, we we've got a lot of um, different grape variety. But the, the major one is Grenache, of course. So um, most of the most of the of the southern Rhone red will have a base of Grenache, and this Grenache is blended in different proportion with Syrah, uh, with Mourvèdre. Um, sometimes a little bit of senso, sometimes a little bit with uh, with um, Carignan. Um, in fact, we 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 can use up to thirteen different grape varieties. In fact, the Chateau Neuf du Pape is allowed to use the thirteen different grape varieties. But they are not all white, all red. Sorry, there is also part of these thirteen different grape varieties. There is also some white, and we mentioned Claret, which tend to give uh, the brightness, the freshness into a, to a blend. But of course, we were talking about Roussin, we were talking about Viognier. Pool, Bourboulink. So they all, um, they all, they all grab variety. You can really handle that, uh, that heat and, and that sun of the, of the, of the south of France. And, and, and some of them have been there for 
years and years, you know, for generations. Uh, in fact, we the believe the Romans, the grape varieties, yeah. 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 Uh, in fact, we believe the Romans um, um, and stole some of them and stole them there. So, what we got to remember is this grape variety can handle that that hits. Uh, we're very much in the Haute Provence here, yeah, so it, we we got a very dry. Uh, climate. We've got a, a very windy climate. Uh, we've got a, uh, um, a, a, a warm and dry climate. Climate, and uh, and we need grape varieties who can really handle that uh, that heat and that that wind. And uh, and that's the reason why a lot of uh, grapes are are planted as uh, in a little bush. You'll see very little, very uh, few vineyard planted high on. Uh, on trellises, ah. they're all bushy because okay. because they you know they they quite it can be a brutal, uh, but especially the wind. Yeah, they need to hunker down. Right. Yes, yeah, yeah. very much so. Yeah, right. very much so. And uh, and also there's this kind of um, connection with the soil, um, especially say in Chateauneuf du Pape, where you get this beautiful galère roulée. I think we call them boulders. Yeah, is that right? The very smooth. Oh, the boulders, stone, yes. Uh, transported there uh, by the um, by the Rhone, really, right. when the Alps came a million years ago, and uh, and, and on any map uh, with a little bit of um, relief, will, you will you will feel that Chateauneuf is on a little on a little hill, and and there's there's a wonderful connection between these stones and these low um, grapes or vines. Uh, because these uh, these stones tend to store the heat during the hot summer days and mm-hmm. release that heat during the cool summer nights, yeah. and uh, and they're also there to protect the moisture inside this um, this clay soil, this very red clay soil. So um, there's uh, there's uh, there's a terroir influence, maybe not as much as uh, in Burgundy. Um, um, Unless you're in very specific site, maybe like Chateauneuf du Pape, because we're still in a valley, aren't we? Yeah. Um, and the climate tend to take over a little bit. I guess, I mean, like, for, for me, uh, what's great about the Southern Rhone, especially Gigandas and Vacaras and Chateauneuf du Pape, is the fact that the major grape variety, Grenache, doesn't actually start to express itself until it's rather high in alcohol. So you, you have this grape that needs the heat, and lo and behold, you know, the French in their wisdom have planted this area with Grenache. And once again, as so often is the case in France, you have the greatest expression of a grape variety mm. here. And I think that is the case with Grenache, certainly. Yeah. And it needs heat. Grenache needs heat, needs yeah. dry. It doesn't like to have this fit in the, in, in the water. So it's, it's well suited for, uh, for that, um, for that um, grape. Um, of the soil of the terroir and yeah the terroir is really well suited for that so just on that who outside of France is doing best with Grenache do you think yeah, Australia Spain. Australia oh yeah of Spain. course Spain with Granacha yeah, yeah well, as they call it Granacha in Spain um, America is doing very well as well do they yeah, yeah. Where, mean, which th- part of America would you the in Santa the hotter, Barbara the hotter hotter, know, hotter areas yeah. like that and, mm. um, some part of Australia Yep. They tend to uh, to do their GSM, you know. I I I haven't liked them so much. No, yeah. no. no. but mm. um, they got too much jamminess, maybe. Eh? I, they don't yeah. have a, they don't have this. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. So the the chateau that do the blends in France mm. would they always grow everything that goes into that blend? Oh, um, it depends where you are, Boris. Uh, if you're in Chateauneuf, um, a lot of them will keep the tradition to have uh, most of a of a um, of these thirteen gearing different grape varieties. Mm. Saying that they're using it all the time in the blend, that's, that's questionable. Um, because don't forget that they are co-planted. Yeah, in Chateauneuf-du-Pape, we, we're starting to see some vineyards which are, are more planted with maybe one or two grape varieties. But in the past, it was all Chateauneuf was planted with the 13 and all mixed. So you might have had five um, um, roots of Syrah, mm-hmm. and then we, you'll have 15 of Grenache, and then you might have two of Mourvedre, and they were all co-planted, and they will all harvested together and vinified together. Now we, we tend to have a little bit more of a structure of how they're planting and how they're mixing. But mm-hmm. if you, in the case of, uh, of Gigondes, this is mainly Grenache and Syrah. Maybe we will let it be a more verdre. Okay. Right. Same for Vaqueras. So Grenache is really the king. Grenache is really the king grape mm. of a sap. It's always the majority of a, of a, of a, of a blend. Mm. Always. Mm. Because it's better, um, better suited. And, and when you say majority, much more so than you might get in a Bordeaux blend then. So much higher, likelihood to be much higher. Than a, than a Merlot, for example, yeah, in, in Pomol. Um, a bit towards that, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Could you say it's a bit possible. towards that? It's possible. I mean, I think the thing that's exciting about the Southern Rhone and Chateau of the Pop, um, because there are these 13 grape varieties and uh, there, there are a lot of uh, producers that are really focusing on Grenache, of course. But then there are other producers that are trying, are, might be a little bit more tilted. I mean, whilst Grenache might be the main part of the blend, they might have very significant... Um, percentages of uh, Mouvedre or uh, Syrah. And um, as a result, the wines are quite different. Different. Mm. So so unlike the Northern Rhone, where you do sense um, a, a kind of a unified uh, style, much the same way as in Bordeaux, I think in the Southern Rhone, it's not quite so easy sometimes. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that's mm. I mean that's what I like about it. Um, mm. It's contentious though, especially with global warming. Um, some of these Grenaches are getting way high in alcohol, sixteen, seventeen percent. Some of these things, yeah. and mm. uh, you know, f- f- some people love them. Some people find them tiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's a that's a very fair comment. They they adapting. Mm. They're adapting themselves to this uh, global warming, but it's true that it, is, it can be a, an issue if, uh, with this alcohol content, especially with the public today asking for wine a little bit more fluid, a little bit more yeah. um, a lighter style. You know, we, we're not so much anymore on the big gob mouth, you yeah. know, uh, style of wine we want chewy, a bit chewy. chewy yeah to, so, to use a Robert yeah. Parker term gob yeah gob. gobs <laughs> I hate that and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know we, I think we're moving away a little bit yeah. with, uh, with that and, uh, and, and uh, you know in our case and uh, in our case we, we searching for for if we take gigondes for example for gigondes who are planted more against and high Against the uh, the the Dantel de Montmirail, where you're going to be 
on 350, 380 meters in altitude right. on a soil which is much, much more poorer, more limestone. Right. So the wines are, are much are more lifted, are, are, are cleaner, are fresher mm. uh, than if you are uh, in Gigondas underneath the village where you're really in the valley and there you get deep, rich soils yeah. and that tend to make wines really heavy. Uh, much heavier, more jammy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm. don't get me wrong. I mean, I think there's a place for every kind of style. Sure. Um, yes. And these thick, massive, round... Um, Heavy wines, you know, can be great with a beef daube or something like that. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. yeah. So w- what is the cuisine of the region? Oh, then, you know, we really, like we say, we're in the Haute-Provence, so anything Mediterranean in style is uh, it's, it's there. You know, we, we were talking about daube, you know, the, the, the casserole, very uh, rich uh, casserole, meaty um, things. Anything with, uh, with tomatoes, anything with capsicums, um, salted, they, they quite, they, there's quite a lot of salts in the in the cuisine there. So the wine um, goes into the cooking and a lot of these things as well. Yeah, as well. Mm. Yeah, as well. Dubs, yeah. Mm. And then, yeah. The, and of course, the Herbe de, Herbe de Provence, Provence yeah. you know, thyme, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. These are all really important herbs to in, um, in, in in French cooking in, of the Provence. Yeah. It's all, yeah. And, and this, uh, this herb, uh, herby characters... Uh, now you do get them on on the nose of these wines as well. Olives, you know, that's something you yeah. get uh, a lot. Black olives on Absolutely. the nose, and and uh, yeah, and so they, they they tend to go well with that type of uh, of cuisine. Anything anything Mediterranean, they mm. they quite they quite good. Uh, it's um it's a wonderful region to visit. Yeah, um, and they are um, lovely little vill- Roman villages because yeah. uh, we, you know, we got to mention that. It's really the Romans who, who use that uh, that valley um, um, to plant the first vineyards, and that, and they use the Rhone, of course, to um, and that valley to go up and down uh, the country, and uh, and these wonderful little villages have, uh, are normally um, the best ones anywhere tucked away right. uh, underneath the Dantel de Montmirail, and uh, and uh, they always. Um, after the Romans, always influenced by by the religion, of course, like a lot of the uh, southern part of France and uh, and um, the popes, of course. Um, you know, we we got to mention that Avignon was um, uh, well uh, was the residence of uh, of a pope for about seventy seven years uh, when Saint Peter's was uh, too dangerous at the time. So I think we had seven popes. The French claim nine popes. I don't understand why. I think there's only it's been only seven. <laughs> but that's, but the, the, the city of Avignon has a, um, has the nickname of a, the city of the nine popes. And uh, so uh, religion uh, was a big part as well of this uh, of this uh, of this region and. And of course, when we talk religion, wine was a big part um, of their of their diet, of their um, of their way of life, I mm-hmm. suppose. You know, they needed wine for for um, for the mess and misses. And you call it mess, yeah, not, not the misses, the mess, the mess, yes, mm-hmm. the messes. <laughs> I mean, what, yeah. one thing that I think um, we, we've been talking about the um, the, the, the glittering. Uh, 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 regions, Jugandas, uh, mm. Chateauneuf, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But in fact, you know, if you're just dealing with even a humble Cote de Rhone, these are also wines that are, by and large, are Grenache based. Yes, and they bear some resemblance. Some of the best Cote de Rhones, and also the Cote de Rhone Village, 
um, are kind of in that style as well. And in fact, uh, appellations such as Vaqueras and Gigandas were originally Cotron Village. Mm, that's right. Um, and then they were... Uh, Upgraded, upgraded, be- mm. because um, these these areas were recognized as being of a higher level. Um, mm. So, mm. so there's 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 that aspect to the Cotarone, which um, is, is is fantastic down mm. south mm. for me, anyway. So yeah, that's right. So we got these eight superstar, if you want to call them like this. Chateauneuf du Pape being one of the first one to have the appellation uh, of uh, the status of uh, of cru, and then and then like Mark was saying, uh, outside of that or or, or or below that. So so sorry. So the cru is very clear that uh, like anywhere in France, when you got the name of Chateauneuf du Pape or Gigondas or Vaqueras or or Lirac or Tavel or, or Vinsobre or Rasto, which is uh, pretty much the eight, Baume de Venise, um, the grapes got to come from within the boundary of that village. Okay, Then outside of that and just below, uh, you got Côte du Rhône village, which I think is something like 60 or 70 villages where they're not allowed to put the, the name of their village on the label, but what they're allowed to do, they put, they're allowed to put Bouge, uh, sorry, Côte du Rhône village. Okay? okay, and and there are quite a multitude of these villages, and it still got to come from that village, but it's a much bigger area. And then below that, you got Côte du Rhône, and Côte du Rhône can come from anywhere within the boundary of the Rhône, ah, even okay. the north and right. the south. Right. Okay. So okay. plain Côte du Rhône can come from anywhere within the the boundary. Of the of Rhone. Of the Rhone itself. And right. as a matter of fact, I mean, I, I know that uh, Klopp makes a Côte mm-hmm. du Rhone as well. And that's a Northern Rhone. And that, that is Syrah, isn't it, Dominic? It's 100% Syrah. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and as a matter of fact, um, there are uh, Southern Côte du Rhones that are also 100% Syrah, which are fascinating. Mm. Um, right, okay. Because so Syrah takes a different have to be blends, obviously. Yeah. But, um, uh, is it uh, only the um, Côte du Rhone wines that would then be... Single variety. So um, I, we'll have to double check that, Mark. I okay. think when uh, think when Côte du Rhone, yeah, when you got the appellation Côte du Rhone, you got to have uh, a minimum of 65 percent or fifty five percent of Grenache. So it's got to be a blend. Okay. But but you're right by saying that Clap does one hundred percent Syrah. So we're going to double oh, check okay. that. But they might not call it. No, it's got Côte the appellation Côte du Rhône. No. no, that's the thing. That's, uh, you know, France is quite confusing. Yes. So, uh, but, but, um, I thought coming from the south, if, if it's a Côte du Rhône, it can, it's got to be a minimum of, uh, of, of, of Grenache. But maybe for the appellation Côte du Rhône, you might be right, Mark. You might yeah. be okay because Clap does one. So, but just to say that is if you buy a Côte du Rhône, you're still getting a wine from the, from that part, mm. and um, and uh, they are they they still got these no, grape varieties. Yeah, Mark. Okay, so yeah, so yeah. Um, for wines south of Montelimar, Montelimar, yeah, um, the main variety Grenache yes. Noir must make up at least forty percent of the. Blend. Oh, is it forty percent? Sorry, yes. okay, okay. So, but they don't say, they don't mention anything about the north. So the north, obviously, you, we 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 can put anything. Um, uh, because Clab being doing that's a, a right. Syrah. Yes, so that's right. So the rules for the red wines mean that the varietal 100% Grenache Noir may be only yeah. produced by small producers under the Cote de Rhone Appellation. North of Montelimar, the varietal Mouvedre and Syrah 
hundred percent may be produced. Okay. Right. Yeah. So Savin Road. So uh, you still have people producing wonderful hundred percent Syrah down the side, but they will not be have the appellation could be right, maybe van de table probably okay. yeah van de table so but just to say that this Côte du Rhône village and, and Côte du Rhône plain uh, can offer wonderful uh, value for money because you yes we are in a terroir which is probably more a little bit deeper a little bit richer but you still get the wonderful charm uh, of the easiness uh, the spiciness of the south uh, of the southern ruin yeah the great, I mean, the great restaurant wines. I mean, if you go to any restaurant yeah. in, in, in Lyon, mm. um, you know, the, you know, get a glass, a jug of wine from the restaurant. Cote d'Iron will be one of the three or four wines that they have by the jug. Mm. 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 And then, of course, one region we haven't mentioned, and, and I'm, I'm very keen on this region because they, they are making, um, they're part of the, of the Rhone Valley, but, um, they are the Mont Ventoux, uh, the one from the Ventoux region. And I'm very keen on that because they are a little bit of a red wine of our, and sometimes white wine, but mainly a red wine of our time. They, they're quite high in altitude. So Mont Ventoux is a, is a famous hill and you probably can see this is the peak here. This is 1200, 1212 meters of altitude and there are some vineyards just planted at the foothills of this uh, of this Mont Ventoux and Mont Ventoux is very famous with the cyclists going most most uh, Tour de France they go ah, up okay. the Mont Ventoux mm-hmm. yeah very famous a limestone outcrop magnificent uh, site and and these wines which are made with Grenache and Syrah and Mourvedre like uh, all the other part of the, of the road they got this kind of a uh, freshness lightness and I think it's the more and more wine, more and more people, drinkers are going towards this uh, this region because they got this wonderful lightness and freshness that sometimes the flat mm. of a valley doesn't give, you know. And they're really reasonable as well. In price. Oh, they're much, much more. Yeah, they're, they're wonderfully, um, wonderfully priced as well. Mm. So Mont Ventoux, and then of course you got the the the, the, uh, the Luberon, the the the, um, the valley of the Luberon, uh, which is a, a valley which is. Uh, um, that's 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 the Rhone Valley like this, and that's perpendicular. Yeah, mm-hmm. perpendicular. Yes. Yeah, perpendicular to uh, to the Rhone, and that going towards the east, and that's uh, that's also a little cooler climate, and there's some very good producers there. Mm. Yeah, and white. We haven't. Yeah, we haven't talked about white. That's right. Now there's been a, a huge renaissance about those whites because for many many centuries we've been making whites down there rich with Grenache blanc, okay? But not just Grenache blanc. We're putting Marsan and Roussan and and Bourboulinque and Picpoul and and Claret. Um, and at one stage they were very popular, okay, in the fifties, forties, fifties because they were rich, they were warm, they were hot blood going through their veins. You know, they were serious white wine. You know? They were white wine for red drinkers. And then the tide turned a little bit and we thought, oh, they're impossible to drink these big whites you know, because they are so fat, you know, so rich, mm. so intensely um, flavored. So now we're seeing this amazing white coming and they, they're dropping a little bit of a percentage of Grenache. And they're putting more of a claret. They're putting more of a pit pool. Grape varieties with, despite the heat of the, of the south of France, managed to keep a wonderful 
elegance, a wonderful freshness to them. I mean, Pickpool in the dialects of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, the Oak dialect, or so the dialect of the south of France, means smacking lip. I mean, it tells you all that mm. despite being from the south, he manages to keep this, you know, this yeah. wonderful thing to yeah. it, you know. So more and more we're seeing these whites with more of that time that kind of grape variety uh, which bring the freshness and the lightness and also we have moved away from the hot sites and we're keeping the whites in the much cooler sites yeah. and we're starting to see some amazing white from the south absolutely amazing you know a white chateau neuf today is completely and entirely different to a chateau neuf du pape blanc that we used to get 25 mm. years ago you know And they're amazing. I mean, I'm not a great... I was I never, ever was a great fan of it. Now, I really enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so why did that come about? Because people were just saying people, that, that the people, whites were too... They were too... They, too were, they were not wine of our time. Right. So they just yeah. shift a little bit to me. But I mean, I also think mm, modern wine market. technique started, you know... Thank you very much. Steel. Thank you very much, Mark. Yeah. You're exactly right. Mm. The techniques are, have changed dramatically and we're using stainless steel, we're using cooling, yeah, yeah. cooling system in our wineries. Well, in the past, they didn't have that. Mm. So the wines were staying in barrels at 30 whatever yeah. degrees and the wine were... Oxidative. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right, okay. So, yeah. you know, and, they, and people could not drink them. They, but, you know, it's, uh, it's evolution, you know, and mm. you got to adapt and, and And they adapted well, and today the wines are fantastic from the whites. Yeah, and I mean, what's really great, I mean, I, I can only but put a, a, a line under what Jean-Christophe is saying. I completely agree. But what's fan fantastic about them is that whilst they're now really modern and lip-smacking, as you say, they still have this wonderful, unique fleshiness about them, especially in the best examples. Mm -hmm. I mean, they do taste different. You know, this the whole honeysuckle thing, beeswax. Yes. Um, the stone fruit. Stone and fruit, minerally wet stone. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's they're wonderful. Great. They're really wonderful. And, and they don't taste like a Chardonnay. They don't taste like a Sauvignon Blanc. It's refreshing change. Yeah. Mm. It's a really refreshing change. And, and more and more, we see it in the shop, more and more people are going for that kind of wine, mm. you know. Mm. Today, you know, at lunchtime, you know, someone wanted... Uh, We are, we've got a wonderful plat du jour at the moment, which is a, an octopus um, dish, which is, let be, of a, a kind of a, a Basque uh, flavor, tomatoes, and, and a little bit of a spiciness. Wow, you put that with a, you know, a white Chateauneuf or, or a Lirac Blanc, that's what this person had today. Mm -hmm. uh, this is amazing. Lirac is, a, is one of the Cru and is on the other side of a, of a river from Chateauneuf du Pape and it's limestone soil and it's very well suited for white. Mm. You know, if I do red, Lirac would do beautiful red, but, but the, the white from Lirac are also very, very stunning. And they're Grenache Blanc, Viognier, we have a Roussin, maybe have a Claret. And they're wonderfully, uh, wonderfully food friendly. Mm. 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 Yeah. Mm. And it's because that would be one of the few that are white blends. You don't have a lot of white blends, do you? Well, certainly not with more than two varietals. I mean, you, in uh, France, yeah, that's a very good question. In champagne, you can get Cha a little bit of yeah, three in well, champagne, Bordeaux, two or three. That's right. Field blends in 
Alsace as well. A okay. few blends in Alsace. Yeah. Uh, Northern Road would be another one where you'll have the Roussan Marsan. So two. Yeah, you're probably right. There's, um, there's uh, probably the Southern Road is more. Yeah. Uh, don't forget that um, it, it, it's tradition as well. You know, we got to go back to after maybe a Roman time, we got to go back maybe to Middle Ages where, you know, they, these guys had a, um, a, a pulley culture so they were doing a little bit they were doing a little bit of um of um animals you know in the farm mm. they were doing a little bit of flowers in that case there and roses in for example in chateauneuf and wine was an adorn or oh, it was a uh, another part of their um way of life kind of thing you know what I mean they were doing it for themselves but also silly so they had to spray the, the risk Mm. Um, so that's the reason why they were planting different grape variety because if one was not so good one year then they could do still wine with the other three or four they had planted diversifying diversify yeah mm. so um, how do you call it do you call it um, poly culture like rather rather than a mon- oh, yeah. mon- monoculture Multicult- you know multiculture is Multicult- of course one Multi- uh, multiculture uh, is it multiculture or no no, no it's not multiculture must be multicultural, multicultural. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but you know I mean so there were little farmers who had a li- they were doing a little bit of vegetables and the, and a little bit of uh, of maybe of, of goats right. uh, because it's quite good down there the goats is quite good and they were doing roses in the case of Chateauneuf because Chateauneuf had a, a wonderful rose um, um, uh, business uh, um, uh, show as well which is lime uh, very very big in Chateauneuf as well they were doing the, the tiles and things like this with lime of that, of, around the Chateauneuf so, and they were doing a little bit of vines right. and rather than doing one grape they say well no we're going to do many grapes so like, if there's one doesn't work then at least we're covered you know mm. so, so that's you know that, that comes to that time where we're blending so but you're right it's more than two or three it's it's probably the region where they're uh, doing a lot more than than two and three than the rest of France it's fascinating and again has anyone outside of France picked up those blends, those blends. producing those blends, mm. or well, no, we, I can, yeah, we were just we were just talking about this. In I, the I, yeah, I was and, recently mm. in California. I brought back um, uh, one of the famous Chateau of the Pop producers is Chateau de Beaucastel. Um It's one of the few wineries that actually does use all thirteen grape varieties. Maybe just a thimbleful um, in the red, but they mm. do. Um, but their American importers named Robert Haas. So they and Robert Haas have gotten together in California and have started this winery over the past 20 years called Toplas Creek. And I brought back a few of the white Rhone blends, uh, mainly uh, Grenache Blanc, but also Viognier, uh, Marzan, and Ruzan blends. And I had one just three days ago, and it was beautiful. If, if I had had it blonde, I would have gone straight to the south of France. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. And I, it's it's starting to happen in oh, I, in Australia too. These yes. Well, I, I had one just recently, Viognier Roussin, I think yes. from um, Rod McDonald. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I think it's starting to happen. So it's, it's happening. It's mm. happening. You're, you're mm. right. It's happening. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it'd be interesting to see, but. Uh, uh, it just spray a little bit, beside being interesting, because, you know, it's like cooking when you add all your ingredients and things like this. Um, it, it adds a little bit of, uh, of flavor. It adds a little bit of complexity of layers uh, in the blend. It's, 
and and it's less risky, of course. You, you the wines are a bit safer, mm. really, to purchase. Yeah. Uh, in Burgundy, when you deal with one grape, uh, red grape, when you got Pinot, it's you know it's um, it's a little bit more risky, of course. That's right. Of course, that's the advantage of the new world. Mm. So yeah, you know, and no spoke, regulation. I've, and I've spoken to winemakers who really just want to try everything. Yeah. Oh, sure. I'll plant some multiple Chiano. Let's mm. let's see let's see how we go. Yeah. Um, or Grunefeldina, what have you? And uh, yeah, I think that's great. Mm. Um, and it is interesting to hear, to, not hear, to taste how these wines express themselves in Australia, America, or New Zealand. Mm. I think. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 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 Because um, you know, with experimentation, there will be some that actually can pop something in the right space and really get something. Yeah. Right. Stunning. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's right. But that, how did France did? How did uh, how exactly did uh, right. how did um, uh, Spain do, did? You know, it, it was that it was trial that's and right. errors, and then one day they say, "Well, Gimlet Gravel, this is you know, this is definitely a, a Merlot a Syrah or whatever, you yeah. know." Mm. And this is it. And then and then we got a, a kind of an appellation mm. system yeah. or, or or a kind of a notion of terroir. Mm. Yeah, that's a wonderful ex- wonderful thing that's happening there. I oh yes, yeah, very much so. Yeah, very much so. And, uh, and, but of course, Europe's got two and a half thousand years yeah. ahead of, uh, you know, mm. uh, of anybody else. Right. Of fine tuning. Yeah. Of fine tuning. Yeah. So we won't see if it changes, but it, it definitely, uh, it's definitely happening, that yeah. thing, which is great. Yeah. No, that's and very you, good. You said that without a trace of smugness. <laughs> <laughs> which, of Mark, course, you're entitled to, Mark, sir. Mark, I don't think I'll be there by the time they there. So I, it, won't, it won't affect to me, much me, myself. <laughs> well, I think that's probably a good note to finish on, this yes. um, Rome Part 2. We've been speaking with Jean-Christophe Poisin and Mark today about the Rhone region in France. And this was the second episode of Two on this region. You can find out more about Jean-Christophe and what he's doing here in Auckland by going to Maison Veron uh, online. Uh, so the web address for that is mvauron.co.nz. And you can also find out more about Mark today on his website, which is M-A-R-C-T-A-D-D-E-I.com. Be sure also to check out some of the other great New Zealand wine podcasts where we talk to others involved in the wine industry. And you can also connect with us via social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We look forward to your company again very shortly. Hey kuna mai. Bye for now.